Welcome everybody to a very special episode of the Be More Rugby podcast. Jay, how are you? Very well, thank you, James. Yep, doing really well, thank you. Good, good. And to everybody uh, that's tuned in to listen or to watch, uh, we have our guest, the Bath and England legend, that is Victor Abogu. Victor, how are you? Yeah, hi everyone. Yeah, all good, mate. All good, and uh, thanks for the invitation. No, no, really good to have you on. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to kick off our podcast with a, just a bit of a warm-up and talk about some rugby. The Premiership's coming to a close, but uh, couldn't have Victor on and not ask Victor, what do you think about Bath this season? <laughs> where, do, where do we go from here? <laughs> I knew I had a feeling that might that might be an opening gambit. As soon as you mentioned the Premiership, I don't know where I'm going. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, Bath. I mean, Bath. Oh, so what? For, you know, for some time now, have been um, been sort of losing their way, and uh, this season has been an absolute disaster uh, for the club. Yeah, I think I think they've won some like five games and and um, had so many points put against them, especially by our local rivals, Bristol and Gloucester, smashing of 60 points plus, which is just unbelievable. <laughs> um, they've, got a, they, you know, they've got a lot to do. They've lost their way. The culture doesn't appear to be right, right from the, sort of, you know, the management right down to, 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 you know, to the players. And no one seems to be taking responsibility. And... Uh, and uh, changing things you mentioned this um on our last podcast didn't you jay about the um the mindset that happens to be in bath at the moment we had um uh mike ford on uh on our last podcast um who obviously had managed bath for a while and lost his uh lost his um tenure over you know a bit of a dip in in form but you were saying that you know it seems to be slightly different today seeing it's they're, they're doing so bad Oh yeah, you know, Mike was talking about, you know, he'd gotten to a premiership final and then like the next season they were, you know, mid-table and he got sacked. And then I just feel like you said there, Victor, everybody seems to be bulletproof. There's no like responsibility. And I know they've, you know, had a big haul out, got some, you know, some new blood in, had a good recruitment thing. And I think for them, what they need to do is just park this season. Um, their fans need to park this season as well. Um and I think they need to look at next season seriously and not have any crazy targets like, yeah, we're going to win the premiership or maybe even be in the top four. They need to have a look at how can we get in the top eight and stay in there and be a good competitor. But the biggest thing for me is the amount of points they've shipped this season. They need to seriously look at their defence. They need to have a good look at it, see what they're going to do. And that needs to be their goal for next season is we need to concede half and then half again the amount of points we conceded this season. I was a I've been a Bath fan for forever, and uh, Victor, to have you on is a, a joy. To be honest with you, because I loved the you might we'll we'll call them the glory days. Well, they were um, the glory days. They were and <laughs> the, 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 so good, my, the good old days. My sons now, uh, uh, as sons happen to do, they follow you in their support of clubs, and my son's a Bath supporter, and and I kind of feel bad that he's not seen 
what Bath were once capable of. Um, do you think? Do you think they've got a chance to get back there, or is it rock bottom is a good place? I don't know. Rock bottom is never a good place. I mean, rock bottom is never. It's not. It's, it's not something I've experienced. And yeah, looking looking at um, you know, some of the results and and the players and you know the management and and you know, the words that have been sort of coming out of the club over the last ten years, where I think it's been it's it's it's, it's been a a long decline over a long period of time. And um, I, I just I find it really hard to understand what they're trying to achieve. Mm. I don't think that they actually know what they're trying to achieve. I mean, the grossing consultants um, at Griffiths to try and tell them what's wrong. He gave them his views, got a position as chairman, and five months five months later, I actually I actually found out yesterday or day before that um, that he'd left already, which. Yeah, which you know, which is crazy. Yeah, you bring someone in to tell you where you've gone wrong, you employ him, and then get rid of him, and retain virtually the same people. Mm. So, I really, I, I really don't know what um what they're trying to do or what they're able to achieve um, going forward because nothing is nothing appears to have changed, and um, without change, there won't be any improvements. Well, they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm. Sounds much like that, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, the players, the players have to take responsibility as well, um, and then you know, the culture is clearly, clearly wrong. And um, you know, I can't understand when people walk around clapping fans after they've just been smashed 70 points. Mm. I mean, when we lost games, I mean, when we lost games, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see us going around clapping fans. You, know, you go and bury your head in the sand and um, get it right the next week. We lost the game, if we lost the game last Saturday, you can rest assured that the next thing that we're, that, that we're meeting the following Saturday, they know that they're going to get serious beating. And there's absolutely no way that um, that that we would rest or we would lose two games or three games in a row it's just you know without without you know without putting up a proper fight yeah that's an interesting thing because we've we've talked on on the podcast before about um the mentality of losing um and how losing usually or should give you a lesson so that you go out and and improve but in this season there's no relegation from the Premiership, uh, do you think there's that that's affected Bath or uh, you know the lower the clubs and thinking we're safe anyway? Why try? There's no that loss. Has, that has saved Bath you know, for being relegated, but I don't I, I don't think the issue of relegation is is um yeah is responsible for the lack of performance. I mean we're not if you look at you look at the team sheet. I mean that's that, and the squad. That's a very strong squad in yeah. terms of the names of the players that are there. You know, so that is not translating into, into a team performance. If you look at, I think, look at, uh, I think the last game against Gloucester where they lost, I can't remember, it was just, you know, by more than the score that we put on Gloucester in the 1990 Cup final. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, there's, there's our bad players. 
how can they ship in so many points? It's it's got to be a cultural thing. It's not it's not a lack of skill, lack of talent. It's 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 a lack of culture and uh, you know a lack of desire you know, to lose by that many points. It's it's mm. just crazy. Just doesn't make sense to me. I think we'll probably come on to culture later on in our podcast as well and talk about yeah. that. Well, Victor, thank you. We'll, I think we'll kick off the first half. Um, welcome again to the Be More Rugby podcast. Um, I'd like to start off by going back to where it all started for you, because I, I know you came from Nigeria to Devon. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I was um, I was born in Lagos. I grew up in Lagos and uh, came across to England as a thirteen year old and uh, and went straight to um, you know, to Devon, you know, to to a to a boarding school in Devon. So I think you know one day I was in ninety degree heat in, in Lagos. Next day I was in snowdrifts in uh, in Onslow to Exmoor. So it's a major a major culture shock. <laughs> Talk about culture. <laughs> yeah, it's a serious culture shock. And is that, that where, where you, is that where you found rugby then? In uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was that was. Um, I mean, I'd never I'd never heard of rugby. I mean, in in Africa. Yeah, my 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 sport was uh, yeah, was soccer. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was yeah, I was you know, one game session. I was told, you know, here's a pair of shorts, you know, some boots, and a and a rugby shirt. We're we're, we're rugby training, and yeah, I was sent off <laughs> after about five minutes because <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't know the rules. You know, I was instructed in the session, didn't know the rules, never seen anything like that before. Where you're running forward and passing the ball backwards. And for me, all the sports that I've been involved in pre- previous to that, and your basketball, soccer, you know, you're, throwing, you're, throwing, you're throwing the ball into space, you're passing into space. You know, you're trying to, you know, you're moving forward and moving the ball forward. You're not throwing it backwards and running forwards. That was just, that didn't make any sense to me. But, um, you know, I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, good at ball sports. And you know, picked up rugby the following the following year because uh, yeah, that was that was what all the kids did at school. That was the school, you know, the main sports of school. And if you wanted to get on with all the kids at school, it was yeah, it was useful and helpful to be uh, to be part of the rugby community. So you were thrown into it then more so than sort it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was, I was thrown into it. I, I had no choice. Yeah, it was either that or, uh, well, in fact, in fact, when I when I was when I was sent in to go and learn the rules, I ended up playing table tennis, you know, for the you know, for the rest of that term because uh, I enjoyed playing table tennis. And it wasn't the warmth. It wasn't outside. <laughs> <laughs> table tennis, basketball, picked up squash. I thought, great. At least I can, at least I can stay in the warmth. No, this going outside, drizzling rain, snow, cold. No, warmth, warmth and fun. That's it. Yeah, that, that was that was that was my priority. Staying, staying warm. Yeah, but again, again, yeah, getting back in there. Yeah, as I said, I, I a little, a little, a lot of the guys, my a lot of the guys that I got on with, they all played rugby. So um, I felt, um, yeah, if you want to be with the, the in crowd, <laughs> you had to play the sport. I mean, I was fast. You know, I, I was reasonably fast, so 
in following the following year, I thought, right, okay, let me uh, let me give this give this game a go. And the easiest place for me to start from was on the wing, mm. and I was still where I could find it. See, if you play, just stay on the wing, or pass you the ball. When you get it, just run and touch it down between, you know, after the try line. I did that very well because I was quite, I was quite strong, I was quite, I was quite quick, and uh, I enjoyed playing on the wing and scoring you know, two or three tries a game. So yeah, it was all good. And then um, sort of moved you know, under 15s. I'd been, I'd, I'd moved to fullback and centre, and um, our prop, our loose prop was injured. So I mean, I was, I was the next biggest guy in the team, and, and I was asked to, uh, you know, to cover a prop for two or three games whilst he was still out. Which I said, yeah, sure, no problem at all. I'm happy, I'm happy to help out. Moved to prop. Realised that wow, this is nice and warm in here. <laughs> Everyone's cozy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a theme yeah. going on here, isn't there? <laughs> nice, warm, cuddling up. <laughs> yeah, direct, direct confrontation, the opposite number, which I loved. And um, yeah, I didn't have to wait for the ball to be passed out to me on the wing or the centre or fullback, freezing my ass off. Yeah, I could go in there, get the ball in the rucks, run through everyone. And, and I, just, I just loved the physicality of it. And uh, you know, ended up staying staying at prop you know, for the rest of my for, for the rest of my life. Did you find that more natural a more natural position then than than out on the wing or or as a as a back? I just I just I just found it a lot more fun. Well, firstly, it was warm. <laughs> secondly, <laughs> secondly, the physicality. I I enjoyed the physicality of it, and I didn't I didn't I didn't have to wait for the pack. The scrum half, the fly half, the sensors to shit the ball out to me on the wing where I was freezing my ass off. You know, I could get involved in rocks and balls, go and wrestle for the ball. I was stood one in the line, peeling around for the tap ball back to me, you know, and, um, you know, running, running from the backs. It was great fun. I really, really enjoyed it and enjoyed the fact that you were there, um, face the opposite number, which was awesome. And um, you know the camaraderie in the pack was so much better <laughs> in the back line. <laughs> yeah, I just I just enjoyed being a forward and a prop. So you went on from schoolboy to as a schoolboy, you went to play for England under 18s. Was that yeah, 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 through, did, through yeah. the county setup? You went yeah. through county, southwest, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I ended up playing. Well, went to Devon schools on the 16s. Uh, initially, then went to the Southwest Trials, and um, <clears throat> I think there was another prop that was there for some reason. He was, he was, he, he, he was selected ahead of me, although I thought he was a better player. But um, I think, I think uh, you know, there was a bit of there was a bit of favoritism uh, going on there, yeah. and uh, sort of came across him again in the under 18s trials and I just knew that yeah, I was gonna I'd have to I'd have to play much better you know put it put it out of um yeah, out of discussion actually who who was the better player so just had to try much harder and and um you know put it beyond doubt and yeah, ended up selecting being selected and went all the way to play for uh, England under 18s 
Who was that? Who was that against us under 18s? Who was? Who did you play was, against when you were under 18s for England? Um, well, we played Wales, Scotland, Ireland. From memory, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> but you know, do you, I think, yeah, yeah, we played, we played all the home nations. I can't remember the scores though. Way too long ago. Too many knocks to the head. <laughs> so from there, then from England or 18s, I mean, that's pretty high level for any um, rugby player to want to attain to. Mm-hmm. Where did you go from there then? Um, under 18s, ended up going to, um, I did my, did my first degree at Birmingham and um, played for, play for the uni for the first year. So that's a, that's a well, I must have played for the uni for the first year to, you know, to meet people and, and get into that, get into the uni culture. And then second and third years, I joined Mosley and then ended up playing, you know, playing at Mosley because that's why I just wanted, wanted a better standard of rugby. They were, a, um, were they a Premier League standard then? Yeah, they were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, my second and third is I played at Mosley and then we went on to play England students, um, you know, England 18, whilst, whilst, whilst I was at Birmingham. And then got offered, a, got offered um, an opportunity to go to Oxford for a year, which, which I took up, got a blue there. And then joined Bath, left Oxford and joined Bath and uh, sort of gave myself you know, three years for, you know, for an England cap. Which, which was my real prime target. Up, up, actually, up until that point, you know, I just, I, I just, I played rugby because I enjoyed playing sport and I played rugby for fun. And it was only until when, you know, my sort of final term at Oxford where I had to make a decision whether to sort of follow the rest of the Blues in the city or try for a full, for, for a full England cap. And that was when I really, you know, made, well, had to make that decision whether to take rugby seriously um, because I guess growing up in Africa, being born born in Africa, no real, no, well, no rugby heritage whatsoever. It wasn't really on my, uh, you know, playing for England wasn't on my radar. Playing rugby wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to be good at it. And um, at, that, at, at that point, I made the decision that, you know, I played for England schools, played for England students, played for the England 18. The only thing that eluded me was a full England cap. And I didn't want to look back in 20 years time and, and think what might have been. Yeah. Yeah, which which is why I thought, right, you know, give myself three years to see if I can get a cap within then. If not, I can still get into the city and start a career um, at, at that juncture. And the reason um, I joined Bath was because yeah. Bath were the top side in the UK at the time. You know, they had Gareth Chilcott and Graham Dorr playing for England. Richard Lee playing for the um, England A team. So I thought if I joined Bath, if I could break into that front row, I'd be, I'd be nicely set up for an England cap. Yeah. You know, I, I had to find out, I was also find out very quickly whether, you know, whether I was good enough. You know, so I mean, Bath was, uh, you know, Bath was the route I chose did, back in did the you, day. Was that a gamble for you? Or were you pretty confident that you could achieve what you'd set out to? Um, it wasn't a gamble. It was. It's not. It's not. It's. I wouldn't. A gamble is not the right word hmm. to use in, in in this context. It's not. It's not. It's not a, it's not a gamble. It's. It's. Uh, yeah. It's a choice. I had a choice to make. Either 
go and earn lots of money in the, in the big bang days, or I try and get an England cap. You know, the reason I set myself three years is because if I didn't, if I didn't get my England cap in, in the time frame that I said, I can still go start my career. Yeah. So well, I've lost three or four years. It's no big deal. I can still go and start a career in business and have enough time to make it make it working for the rest of your life. So why not give up three or four years to try and uh, yeah, achieve achieve a dream? And how old were you then? How old was I then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh when I leave you know, 23. Okay. And and how yeah, twenty two, twenty three. Break into that bath front row. How long did that take you? What sort of stuff did you need to do to break into that front row? It was hard work. <laughs> if you can imagine, I mean, turning up at um, you know at Lambridge, which which is uh, a far far cry from from turning up at Farley. Yeah, <laughs> the turning up at Lambridge on a, a wet wet winter's evening. And you're there you know, scrummaging, you're practicing, and you've got the likes of Coochie, you know, Graham Dorn, Richard Lee, John Hall, you know, Nigel Redman, you know, Andy Robinson. You can't, and, and you're there as a young whippersnapper thinking that, oh yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was top, in my, top in class at, at uni, play for English students, thinking, thinking you're, the, you know, you're the kid on the block. And you arrive at the bath training ground and you look around and you think, wow, there's, uh, there's a lot of internationals here. There's a lot of people better than me here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and playing against, playing training with those guys, you just, you just, yeah, you learn so much. Yeah. And, yeah, well, you, you, you can't, you couldn't afford to stick your, you know, stick your neck out because it just gets knocked right back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very, very quickly. Um, but there were so many, one thing I found in those days as well, I mean, there was a lot of kids who, who you know, turned up pre-season and very talented kids, but a lot of them drop out because they just couldn't handle the, you know, the banter and... And the fact that yeah, you're 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 in an environment where okay, you might have been the best at under 18s, you might have been the best at uni, but right here, you're shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you've got a lot to learn. And there were so, so many sort of experienced players there. And it, you know, to cope with that, you need you need a certain mindset, a certain mentality, which, which in our environment you know, is developed hugely if you're able to deal with it. You, know, you learn a lot. And, and in that environment where you knew that um, you know, there, was, there was plenty of trust. There was plenty of trust you knew you could count to the man next to you. And that in itself gives you, gives you the confidence to sort of concentrate on your job at hand so that collectively 
every, you know, everyone's performance is you know right up there. And what uh, you know, you've spoken a lot about culture and stuff like that. What a cu- culture that you know creates. I mean, there's a lot of people that are desperately, desperately trying to you know recreate that and have you know everybody, whether it's in business, whether it's in sport, um, everybody wants the their culture to be perfect because, like you just described, then you know you're able to focus on your scrummaging, you're able to focus on your ball carrying because you've got that trust in everybody else that you're working with, and it just makes such a a massive, massive difference. Yeah, sorry. What's the question? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a question. It was just building on what on what you were what you were saying and agree, agreeing with you on the stuff and you know what that sort of creates. I suppose my question would be: Is were you conscious of that at the time? You know, were you looking at it and going, "Do you know what this is building the culture that's now creating the success?" Or was it just happening without you even knowing it? It's it's one of those things where you know you, you I mean Bath you know Bath were winning before I got there. Mm. Yeah, I I I went I went into I went into that culture and you know grew within that you know grew within you know, within that culture. I mean, it took me ages to, you know, to break into the team. I mean, for the first, <clears throat> I was I always remember the you know, when I first, when I first came down to Bath. I think the first game that I went to. Um, I just went along as a spectator with the team, <laughs> and, and that was a bluster away. <laughs> and I remember sitting there going, "Oh my god, these are gladiators!" And 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 you hear the roar, the shared, and the abuse, and, and the, the whole the whole energy of the place of of that Barb Gloucester game. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking. Ooh, I'm glad it's Cooch that's out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you sit there as a, as a, as a young whippersnapper looking at that. And yeah, you admire, yeah, you admire the occasion, you admire the confrontation, and and yeah, you admire the support of the fans, both home and away. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge occasion. You know, and and for me, that that really spurred me on to go right. You know something? I want to be. I want to be playing in that game. Mm. Yeah, I want to be playing in that game. I've seen what those guys do week in, week out. I've seen the commitment. Yeah, on both. Yeah, from from, from you know, on both on both sides at that game where you see the Gloucester guys coming in, the Gloucester fans supporting, you know, the Bath fans supporting, the Bath players. It was such a huge occasion and it meant so much to everyone you know, in the Bath team. And it meant so much to everyone in the Gloucester team. You know, that, that was a real, real battle. And that, that really got me, got me excited. You know, I, I wanted to be there. I, want, I, wanted, I wanted to, I, I wanted to yeah, be part of that team, you know, to watch Bath and to watch those guys play in, in, that, in that sort of environment was just awesome. And this, absolutely awesome. This is pre-professional game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking. How, how did that change when the game came became professional? Because you played on both sides, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, you can't. Well, it's difficult. It's difficult to compare both. You know, you, you talk about you know professionalism, and you know the amateur days where where the players, you know, you know the players stayed. At, at the same club for 
you know, the vast majority of their careers, mm. uh, as opposed to <clears throat> in the in the in the I mean, I only played the first four years of professionals, and like, you can like, and yeah, you can you can notice that those local derbies are sort of lost. We're starting to lose a little of their uh, of their of the sort of special occasion. Um, uh, a special occasion environment, if you know what I mean. You know, you, you just don't get the same feeling because, because I guess, yeah, with 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 a with the, with the frequent movements of players, you, you just don't get that same club loyalty mm. and, and and intensity and, and intensity because they never experienced what a bath. Gloucester game was like, or or the new guys. What a Bath, Bristol game was like. Yeah, you can't lose to Bristol. You can't lose to Gloucester. You can't lose to them. Not home and away. Good God, you you lose to them. Next time you meet, you you have to win that game. You know, you have to carry on the pitch. If you if you if you if, you, if you're losing that game, you know that that was that was what it meant. And I always remember when I first came down to, to look at, you know, to, to, um, to have a look at Bath prior to joining and walking into the, you know, the clubhouse. And you've got all this, you know, you've got the pictures of all the, the cat players in the, in, the top, in the top room. I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the clubhouse in, in, the, in, the, um, in the bar at the top. <clears throat> you got all the you know, pictures of the players in the various whether it's England or Wales or I mean, when when the play, their um, their international shirts, all the cap players, all around the room, photos of them all around the room, and you know that really inspired me as a youngster walking in, walking into that bar, and I thought you know something I want my picture up there, mm. and I remember going back. Um, uh, one, one of one of the yeah, one of the last times I went back to to the clubhouse, which is you know, donkeys ago, we were talking over five, six, probably about ten years ago, probably now. Um, walking in there, and all the pictures have been taken down, and they had sort of big sort of um, uh, pictures of the, of the current players, and to me. I walked in there and I just thought, if I was a new guy walking in, new youngster walking in here now, thinking about joining this club, where's the inspiration? Mm. Yeah, where's the history? Yeah, that, that, that is, that, that, that for me just, yeah, it was one of the, one of the things that, uh, that I thought that, that I thought was you know, was wrong in, in 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 what was done in the club. I just I didn't like that at all. Um, yeah, there's no there's no history. Yeah, we basically yeah, yeah, we would pass the baton, we pass the baton on, and the baton's been dropped. Yeah. yeah. When Bath's Crest, Scott, it's um, the date in which um, it became Bath Rugby emblazoned across the top of it. You would think that the history would be important enough to have those memories throughout the ages of of where it came from what it once was what it could be again mm. yeah it's 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 no it's sad that they did that um i mean that now that was, that was for me that was a significant uh, a significant change you know, not many people would probably noticed but um you know it, it was one that i noticed and i know that it was one that when i first walked to the clubhouse and i thought wow i was inspired by that yeah. Did you ever 
ever voice your concerns, ever voice your opinion on it and how bad you thought it was? Um, no, 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 not at the time. It's like, well, not at the time I looked at it, I thought, mm, okay. Mm. I'm surprised. What's, 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 happened, what's happened to all the, all the, all the pictures? So, you know, taken down. And yeah. I thought, okay. Didn't think much of it at the time in terms of, you know, talking to anyone about it. And I, I just, I just thought that's a real shame that, that yeah. they did that. Yeah, you know, that was... It was, it was, the damage was done. Yeah, <laughs> you know the, the damage was done, and like yeah. you know, I just walked. Any 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 youngster that walked in there would probably well would have felt the same inspiration and, and feeling that I felt about wow, look at this. This is the club's history. This is awesome. I want my picture up there. Mm. I wonder how many victors that Bath have now missed because of that. Just that small little thing that has taken away that direct look up of that inspiration. I wonder how many players they've missed now as a direct result of just not even acknowledging their history. Well, who knows? Who knows? And, uh, yeah, well, it's, 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 it's a shame that, that we're in the position that, that we're in at the moment. And, uh, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's been slowly deteriorating for the past decade. So it hasn't, it hasn't happened overnight. No, uh, it's it's happened over uh, over time, and uh, even uh, even now, there's still no real sort of route forward. Well, route that's been put forward by by the current people. What, Victor? It's a bit of a difficult question, but what would you do if you if you if it was down to you right now? What would you do to fix the issues that that Bath have got? What would you do with the experience you've got of being a part of the club and, you know, some of its most successful periods? What would you change if you walked in as head of rugby tomorrow? What would I change? <laughs> um, or is the list too long? I mean, no, I, I, yeah, to be honest, I have, been, I have been close enough to the club to, you know, to know what the you know, personnel issues are. I know there's... Yeah, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that 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 there are there are cultural issues, and and yeah, yeah, you, you see, you know, the 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 revolving door of players and coaching and stuff hasn't helped. No. You know, to build any long term success, you need people who've been there together for you know, a reasonable amount of time. Mm. Yeah, you, you don't. You're not. You're not. You're not gonna buy success by you know, bringing bringing in you know rock stars for one season yeah. or two seasons and getting rid of and getting rid of them. You're not. You're not gonna build any continuity. Mm. Yeah, you're not. You're not gonna build any continuity at all. Um, yeah, you need. You need. You need. You need a core players to build around. And keep that core from from what I've seen and what's been happening. You know, the players, you know, a lot of, a lot of players have been released, you know, early. And and players, especially players that um, um you, know, that, you know, that that went through the academy, played a few seasons at the club, a lot of them have moved on mm. and doing well at other clubs. Yes. And we seem to be wanting to bring in. So some you know, superstars who don't understand what the club's about, 
and they're just in it for uh, you know a quick quick cash now. Yeah. You know, I look at you know somebody like Elliot Stuke or Zach Mercer and stuff like that. You know, recent players yeah. that have been phenomenal for Bath and they're just gone. You know, like Zach Mercer's tearing up for Montpellier. Elliot Stukes only missed one Wasps Premiership game this season. He's just picked up quite a, a rough injury in his leg, but he's only missed one game. You know, that's somebody like that. You know, Bath have got quite a, a big revolving door, especially in that, you know, um, front five area. And, you know, they've let two really decent players go that would have been able to help them in that sort of, I just, I find stuff like that is difficult. And then, like you say, you know, they bring in like these rock stars like Danny Cipriani, and, you know, great for, you know, that looks great. Maybe that gets a few bums on seats in the stadium and stuff like that. But he hasn't done anything amazing in the bath yet, has he? You know, you think about like those highlight reels we'd say when he was playing for Gloucester and stuff like that. Haven't seen any of that for Bath. In fact, he's been struggling to get into the team. And Orlando Bailey's been getting picked ahead of him because he's just playing so much better. But, you know, he's another one. He's gone now and he hasn't done anything. But, but yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, yeah. <laughs> there's, been, there's been a few like that. And as I said, you've got to, yeah, you've got to nurture people over time. There's no, there's no quick fix. And there's this absolute quick fix. And, <clears throat> and um, yeah, changing the coaching stuff all the time doesn't help either. And we've had some decent coaches who haven't been, uh, yeah, who just have you know, revolving door in and out. So you can't, you can't build any, any, any continuity or any proper um, culture if things are constantly changing. And that's, that's, been, that's been the issue with Bath. So they just, they just need to just get right. These are the people we want and just stick with them. Let them get through the pain together and let them find the solutions mm. together. Um, and you know, right from the management team and the players. Nobody wants to, no one wants to be in a team where they're getting spanked you know, 60, 70 points. Nobody wants to do that. No. And, uh, um, sorry, just, Victor. Yeah. I, I just want to, before we break for uh, just an announcement at half time, um, so much of your career um, is worth talking about, and, and we haven't got the time to cover all of it. Your England career, 24 caps for England. Um, you've played with. Uh, as well as helped develop the game, you've played with legends of the game that that I know I certainly grew up watching and 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 being inspired by. But I just want to, while we're talking about history, I want to pick up on one thing and find out from you because you were there. The nineteen ninety five World Cup transcended rugby, became history on its own. When you were playing in that World Cup. Were you aware that history was being made at the time? Was there something special in the atmosphere or, or was it just another World Cup? Um, you know, yeah, I mean, there was, there was something very special in, in the atmosphere. I mean, playing in South Africa um, was an awesome experience. And, you know, touring South Africa <clears throat> in 94, ahead of, ahead of the World Cup in 95, it was the first time I'd, you know, first time I'd been back to Africa for a very long time, um, because because I never, yeah, my family was 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 ever in England, so I wasn't um, I wasn't your, your traditional African kid who was, came during school term and went back home. 
in the holidays. My home was here in England. And so South Africa in 94, I think was, 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 uh, was, was the second, yeah, I think the second time I'd been back to Africa since, since I left Nigeria. Mm. And, um, and it, was my, it was the very first time in, in South Africa in 94. Yeah, Nelson Mandela just been you know, it was it was president of South Africa. You know, there were changes that you know, there were changes taking place, but you could still you know there was still um, you know, notice all the apartheid stuff uh, compared to say ninety five. We came back the following year. Um, you know, things were a lot looser. And especially following the World Cup final, where you, know, you had whites and blacks dancing together in the streets in South Africa after South Africa won the final, that you know that victory, you know, truly galvanised the nation. Hmm. So, and and post that, there was a there was there was a significant change, you know, significant shift in 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 South Africa, uh, which you know, which which you know, just for the you know, which is for the better. And you, and during the World Cup, while you were out there, you were obviously, because looking back in history, it's easy to see how it all unfolded, but you could tell that it was, was you know, the, the nation was changing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, after, after the final, yeah, after the final and just walking the streets and just seeing everyone celebrating in respect of race, colour or creed, hmm. it was just... A fantastic sight, yeah, to see, and and people talked about it after the World Cup. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, following things. I think it's ninety seven was the England tour, or uh, yeah, I think something like that. And England toured in the ninety seven, obviously the Lions tour as well. Yeah, you, you, you know, you saw, you, see, you saw, you know, you noticed the you know the huge shift in you know in in South Africa. Which you know, just felt on you know, all, you know, all over the world, and you know, it, it was it was an absolutely um, yeah, immense time to be there. It was, it was awesome you know, to, 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 have, to have witnessed that and been there, met Nelson Mandela, and and actually seeing how the country had changed in such a short space of time because of rugby. Mm. That's amazing. Really amazing. I wanted to get that in for the podcast because I really wanted to get your view on it from, from we've all seen the movies and we've all seen the documentaries, but to speak to somebody that was there is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, especially Jonah Loma as well. <laughs> is he? I mean, I mean he, he, seriously, he seriously put rugby on the map in a very big way on a global stage. I mean, that was, that was his, uh, yeah, that was his World Cup. And that was his World Cup, and yeah, the whole world took notice of it, irrespective of, of what sport you're in or 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 not. If you even even if you went into sport, you know, everyone heard about Jenna Doman. Yeah, and that was think- uh, and that that semi-final was 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 his defining moment. Absolutely. I think we'll just have a, a very brief half time then, just make a few announcements. Um, uh victor just so you know we're trying to promote grassroots and and get clubs if any clubs are listening that have got announcements that they want to help whether it's fundraising or not please get in touch with us on any of the social media 
things on here at Be More Rugby or or drop us an email um, and we'll put your announcements out at halftime. Um, there's not much going on at the moment, but um, uh, Jay, you've got an announcement for on behalf of Wimborne Rugby Club. Uh, yeah, just wishing uh, Mike Fort a very uh, speedy recovery and hope he does well. Um, anybody who's at, you know, Wimborne Rugby Club knows, you know, I know him as Statman. Um, a lot of other people know him as Money Man, but um, he's an amazing, amazing part of the club and does that. You know, we talk quite a lot about people who do a lot of stuff under the scenes, but it doesn't get more behind the scenes than than Mike. You know, I'm guaranteed, you know, I've got a bit of a love-hate for Mike because I think every penalty I gave away, he'd uh, marked down and then unfortunately buried them, make me run a high me for every single penalty I gave away or put me through some horrible drill. So I hate you, Mike, but I love you, Mike, as well. So uh, speedy recovery, mate, and hope you feel better soon. All the best, Mike. Um, and also, Wimborne is um, looking at its uh, potential new facilities and call out to anybody that would like to volunteer and help with preparation, planning, um, consultancy on on how we develop into the bigger uh, the bigger role of running a bigger club would be very helpful. So again, either get in touch with Wimborne Rugby Football Club or drop us a line. Happy to uh, put you in the right directions. Um, so second half, Victor, this is where we'd like to talk to you about the the culture, the mindset, the the, the lessons that uh, you've got from rugby and share with our listeners uh, how it can help them as well. So um, we'd like to start the second half off by asking the question, what does rugby mean to you? <laughs> what does rugby mean to me? Um, <clears throat> I mean, rugby, rugby you know, brought me a lot of pleasure, a lot of fun, a lot of friendships, travel the world, yeah. experience a lot of cultures, many different cultures. You met some great people, as I mentioned earlier on. You met Nelson Mandela, the Queen, Kylie Minogue. Wow. Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh, if only I knew that was the result. <laughs> yeah, rugby, rugby, rugby was rugby's been great. I mean, it's um it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't on my radar growing up as a child in Africa, but um yeah, it 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 sort of it derailed, it derailed my initial career path, but um, yeah, it's not, it's, 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 it's not some, it's not something that, that, that I'd, I'd want to change. I mean, I've had a great time and, and, and I've enjoyed you know, the path that rugby has taken, you know, taken me along. Um, yeah, I mean, rugby has been awesome and, and has been instrumental in, in shaping me. And we've obviously, um, just so you know, Jay and I are part of the, the Wimborne Rugby Football Academy um, and doing this podcast as well and trying to get the mindset out to try and help young players, boys and girls that are thinking about joining rugby. If you had something to say to all the Minion youth in grassroots rugby everywhere, what would you say to them that, uh, to encourage them to join rugby and, and why? I mean, rugby is fun, and um, if you if you're playing rugby, you've got to you've got to you've got to enjoy it, enjoy the game, 
um, you'll make some great friends. It's, it's, the camaraderie is absolutely fantastic. And um, it's, 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 it's an enjoyable game. Yeah, for me, it's an enjoyable game. Um, but most of all, you've got to enjoy it. I think that's, that's the main thing. Enjoy it. Enjoy playing it. Because if you enjoy playing it, you'll do well. Yeah. And you've, you've gone into business yourself now because uh, your company, VU Limited, does uh, holidays and tours and, and events um, and cover a lot of the, the big sporting events as well. Um, which, if anybody's interested, I think you're covering the Autumn Internationals and uh, and the World Cup Sevens, etc. Get on to um, the VULTD.co.uk and have a look at Victor's website. As if you're interested in any sport or sporting event, um, get on there and have a look. You go through and see what you can do. But Victor, as far as your business goes, um, how's rugby helped you? through your business life? I think rugby has helped tremendously um, through the, the people that I've met, <clears throat> you know, the friendships that I've made through, you know, through, through rugby. And, you know, playing, <clears throat> playing at Bath Rugby, playing for England, you, know, you get to meet a lot of people. You get to meet... <clears throat> Um, a lot of people in business, a lot of people in, 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 in positions of importance in business. And it's, um, you know, it's important for, you know, for all the youngsters who, who, are grown, who are growing up and going through that system to you know, take the time out to go and talk to people and meet people. Um, because anyone, you know, anyone of those people that you meet today whilst you're playing could be useful to you tomorrow. In business, especially you know, if you look, look, look at a professional athlete, you know, they put on the professional scene, you know, pre and post match, getting around the boxes, meeting the fans, they're just talking to people and collecting cards. Make sure you take a card. If you, know, if you meet someone, take a card and take the time out, you know, to to, yeah, to talk to people and and find out what they're about. Yeah, that's the, the those. I mean, one thing my father was telling me that like, always, always collect and keep a card, a business card. And I always remember that um, because you get to meet so many people. You may not know at that time that um, they may be able to help you in the future. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late when that time comes. If you yeah, yeah. if you've forgotten who they are, you haven't made, you know you haven't you haven't taken you know, the opportunity. So actually, get to know, you know, get to know who they are, yeah. Because it's, you know, from time to time, you know, I see a lot of uh, a lot of people, youngsters, who are coming through, and and they don't make the effort to meet people. They don't make the effort to chat. Yeah, you know, they think that they've arrived and they're the important ones. No, take the time to talk to people. That's a great message. Really great message that you know we agree with a lot and. Uh, I must admit, you know, I think, you know, when I first started, you know, I got my first job when I was 15 years old through the rugby club. I've had many jobs then within rugby subsequently because of people who you go out and speak to and stuff like that. And I think the connections you build and the relationships you build with people, 
it's gonna number one help you out you know if you're ever in a tight spot and you need some help but when it comes down to you know like the business world and stuff like everybody's got something to offer everybody can help you in a certain way and absolutely love that victor i'm definitely gonna use that you know always take a business card because i think that is a, a really strong powerful message mm. oh definitely definitely i mean when <clears throat> you know when i when i first i mean i i didn't plan to go into you know, sports hospitality and event management it was just something i fell into mm. Uh, having having sort of finished sport, you know, got involved in the bar, Shooters Joe's in London, sold that. And then, you know, in fact, the 95 World Cup, I'd met, I'd met a, um, I met a guy who, who ran a, you know, a small travel business. And we were, you know, we were just chatting at the, at the, at, you know, at the table in Sun City, gave me his card and I said, look, you know, let's, let's have a chat when we get back. Yeah, we met up, had a chat, and you know he was he was he was looking at setting up um, a travel business, a travel business, you know, to rival Kawoni, and just a look, I could really do with the help on the you know, on the sporting side, you know, to front the sporting side of things, which which that would have happened if I if I hadn't had the conversation and and chatted with him at the table, the Sun City, and collected a card. Yeah, so that was that was how. <clears throat> that was how my sort of you know sports hospitality business started because yeah we came back unfortunately I got dropped by England <laughs> and uh, they said to me look why don't we why don't we host some people in the in the uh, you know in the West Car Park and I said yeah sure no problem at all sort of thinking we might get you know 10 20 people in the car park yeah I had a database of cards that I collected over the years. So I just, I just messaged people saying, look, yeah, who fancies, yeah, who fancies uh, yeah, a picnic in the car park and uh, watch the game? And over 100 people <laughs> said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how that business started. Wow. And um, obviously I carried on playing until I, until I retired in 2000 and, and you know, set up properly a few years later. And um, yeah, and and all the all the sort of relationships and contacts that contacts that I've built through through rugby, you know, came in handy. Yeah, because if I couldn't sell rugby, I might as well get you know, shut up shop. But the rugby sales went well through you know, through the contacts that I'd, that I'd met over the years, and you know, that was that was instrumental in um, you know, in, in helping me build the business. So in, I've always um, tried to run my business. We've talked about culture. We talked about culture earlier on. And um, I've tried to always have good communication in my business. And and sounds exactly what you're explaining. Get to know people, talk to people, whether you think that they might be something part of your business or you could be helpful to them in the future makes no difference at all. But if you're communicating, you're getting to know people, then at some point, down the line you're going to come across something that requires this person or that person or they might require you at the same time mm-hmm. um and i've i've taken that from rugby myself also i try to build a culture in our business based on the the treads that we teach at um uh, at the academy the the rugby union treads which is training respect enjoyment discipline and sportsmanship and and i i can't quite find the culture 
that fits more perfectly to certainly to my business. We do project management, uh, construction project management, and we're just yeah. bringing teams together all the time. And and the most important thing is, like you say, get to know people, talk to people, and then make sure they're getting the 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 training. They've got the respect. They've got the enjoyment, the discipline, uh, and the camaraderie together to create projects or. Uh, in your case, to bring events together. Um, yeah. and it, That's what Bath needs. Bath rugby. <laughs> <laughs> they are, maybe I'll give them a ring now. I don't want to give them a ring. <laughs> they, can do, they can do your services. <laughs> uh, I might be able to help build the wreck again, but no, that's about it. <laughs> so leadership-wise, uh, Victor, um, is that something that you value as a as a character do you think that that's something that you've got personally from rugby or or do you think you had those skills anyway in the first place um leadership i think i mean in 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 a team environments you need you know you need several people who are able to you know make decisions and lead it's not just one person. It's not just the captain. Yeah, you, 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 you've got you've got decision makers in 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 the various units, and and the individual players as well have to take. You have to take responsibility because if you if you're not able to assume responsibility as an individual, then collectively. You're not, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're going to struggle, um, and that, you know, that comes from building trust within people, and giving people the you know, build, building environments where they feel that they can they can express themselves as well, which um, yeah, which yeah, which helps tremendously. So I think I think I think you, know, you just don't need you don't you don't any successful team you'll see that there are various various leaders in that team. Otherwise, it's very tricky to be successful. But predicated on trust. Yeah, trust, trust, loyalty. Because you know, if you, if you if you trust someone, if there's trust within you know between between everyone, then you're more likely to to achieve your common goal. If there's no trust, then it all falls apart. That's really interesting. Really cool. So your business, yeah. your do you do you have those leaders in your business? Did you have to find those leaders? Did you develop those leaders, or do they develop out of you creating a a culture of trust and um, uh, and loyalty within that team? Well, in my business. Hmm. It's it's a little different in my business since lockdown because uh, you know sort of whistled down to a few people. Okay. Yeah. But so I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not your ideal. You know we're not we're not this is this is not Bath Rugby Club or a big business where you've got hundreds of workers. Um, <clears throat> now now I bring a lot of people in on a on a, on a you know on a freelance basis. But again, we try and keep that team. The majority of that team are the same people and the same core people that 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 you know I've used in in the hospitality business for yeah 
some of them have been you know, working with me for 10 years right? and, you know, and, and more. So <clears throat> there, is, there is that continuity every event we go to, which, which, um, you know, which, which works quite well because they know the drills, um, they're trusted to get on with it. And a lot of the clients that are, are, are lower clients see the same faces all the time. So they're building relationships with, with, you know, with our team and they trust the team. And, um, and I guess that's what, that, that's what's enabled us to sort of succeed over the years is you know, having loyal staff, having loyal clients and you know, delivering on our promise. Victor, obviously you were at Bath quite a long time and stuff like that. Did you ever take on a leadership role within the club when you were playing? Um, you know, the club never allowed me to take a leadership role. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't a, a situation where, you know, where you know, I had to take on a leadership role. Um, <clears throat> because there was, there was, I was lucky enough to play for 10 years at a club where we had outstanding individuals. Mm. Yeah, and everyone worked together. And um, yeah, everyone, there was, there was respect, there was trust. And if I, you know, if, if I wanted to say something in the meeting or say, look, this is how we should do things, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, and um, I guess I, I guess in the first time when I first joined the club, you know, the, you, know, the, you, know, you had the senior leadership group who, obviously, because of their breadth of experience, made a lot of the decisions. However, you're still listened to as the newbie. If you're on the team, you've got a voice. That's brilliant. And if you pipe up. And they don't like it, you get slapped back down. <laughs> but that's life. <laughs> but but you you know, there is there is you're not scared to pipe up. You're allowed to pipe up, but make sure it's bloody good. <laughs> yeah. But and and, and yeah, as 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 time went by, of course, I assume more 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 of a sort of a yeah, a senior member, you know, but I never saw myself as that. I just saw myself as one of the, you know, one of the guys in teams and, you know, I, I played a very important role. Like, you know, Mark Regan next to me or David Hilson or Andy Robinson. Yeah. You know, there was, there was, there was um, you know, we were expected to do our jobs. And we were given the freedom to do our jobs and we knew that we could do our jobs. And so you know, we had a game plan that, 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 that we would agree. We knew how we wanted to play. And we knew that um, you know, no matter how <clears throat> tough it is, no matter if we're down or behind, we knew that well, Jerry could do something or you know, uh, Phil de Blanville or Mike Cat or me. Anyone, any one of us could change the course of the game you know, for victory. We just knew someone from somewhere, it could be me, 
It could be Oli. It could be it could be any one of us. You know, we just knew that we always went into every game knowing that we were going to win. You know, we had that sort of winning mindset, and which is you know, which is quite important. You know, we keep very important. You know, that we knew that we could win. We knew that we were going to win. It was just a matter of time. That's great. Yeah, that is. Um, we've been trying to instill that in the academy. That winning mindset we've had a few times where we've the lads have they've had a bit of a slow start they've dropped behind but trying to get into their heads actually just because you're behind doesn't mean to say that you've lost you might be losing but get that head in the right place use those top two inches and turn this around get that mindset in of yeah you can win this if you work together if you pull together everything that's been done on the training ground if you put together everything that you've been working towards mm. I, I suppose then you just go back to that culture uh yeah yeah trust. Yeah. No, yeah. Trust, yeah trust and you know trust and you trust the people around you and um yeah and the culture trust the people around you and knowing that you can count on joe and to your left and uh, you know billy on your right if you knew if you, if you know you can do that then um yeah you're you're, you're in a very good place because you're not you're not you, know, you haven't got half your mind on thinking, oh my God, he's not he's not going to cover, so I need to cover for him and do my job. Yeah, You don't want a situation like that at all. Of course, if someone, someone, someone in your position does something brilliant, anyone can get thrown out, of course. Then, but then yeah, you know that the guy next to you has got your back if, if, uh, if something like that happens. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's not it's not always gonna go your way, <laughs> unfortunately. <Right. laughs> you know, you just you just have to have the confidence and that and that comes from again from being together with people for some time. Yeah, you know, you know how to build that trust and confidence in in a season. Yeah, it, it, it comes from being together for some time. And that's yeah, that that yeah, only time develops that. That's brilliant. Yeah, it is. Victor, I think we're gonna have to end our um our talk there. It's I could talk to you for a long, long time because um just it's just fascinating to to get that mindset of of somebody that's been there and, and achieved what you've achieved. Um I think certainly for myself what I'll take from our, uh, our talk with yourself is, is, is really that if you're going to bring a team together in business or personal or on the rugby pitch, that culture of trust, that, that culture of um, being uh, allowed, as you, as you said at the end there, given time to, to learn and understand and build that trust so that you can have the loyalty and, and stick your head up and, you know, and, and be accountable, but, but like you say, make sure it's worth it. Otherwise, you get slapped back down again and, <laughs> and have another go. Around. And of course, you know, as far as me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, the ultimate goal of all is to meet Kylie Minogue. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you've achieved that. I'm, <laughs> I'm honoured to be talking to you. <laughs> no, I, I love that mix. Nelson Mandela, the Queen, <laughs> and Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like that question. If you had three people to invite to a dinner party, who would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Jay, what brilliant. have you taken? 
Uh, I love your philosophy, Victor, on the sort of stuff, you know, very similar to what we are here at Be More Rugby in, you know, the relationships you build with people. Yes, they're great from the rugby pitch, but it's the other stuff. It's the extra stuff. It's the business. It's the relationships and the friendships you build with people. You know, when we ask you questions like, you know, what does rugby mean to you? You know, you didn't once mention like winning or anything like that. You mentioned the personal side of it and everything like that. And, you know, that sticks with me in a, you know, in a big way and really, really love, you know, your father saying about always take a business card. I like that a lot. Yes. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, I've certainly enjoyed it. Like you said, that's important to do. Um, yeah, definitely. And um, wish you all the best with your business. I know it's it's going well. Hopefully, it'll it'll go even better now. You can you can hold events if people want to get in touch with you for any um, events upcoming or holidays. Is it best just to go through your website? Yeah, yeah, just drop me a note through the website. That's all. That's uh, it'll get to me. Good, fantastic, brilliant. In which case, then, right. thank you. Um, everybody for listening as we've said before we can't do it without our listeners we are all a big team here at be more rugby um if you'd enjoyed our podcasts um please drop us a like subscribe so you don't miss any more um and until next time be more rugby victor thank you very much thank you james and jane it's been fun cheers Victor. thank you thank take you. care